Joy and Nancy had mentioned about uh, some of the fears that they had about going on a mission trip, some of the stuff that was uh, really just selfish, and I had those same fears. As a, as a young Christian, when I first got saved and as we started going through missions, I'm going to be honest with you, as we started talking about going overseas and to other countries and spending time and money and, and things like that, I was very selfish with it. You see, at the time, I didn't really understand exactly what missions was and exactly what God wanted us to do. And I was very selfish because in my mind I was thinking, we've got such a need right here in Coleman. We've got such a need in our state and in the United States. But as I continued to, to just uh, study my Bible, as I continued to let you know preacher uh, uh, mentor me, and as I continued to allow God to, to show me what He was wanting me to do and what all of us to do, I was able to really understand what we need to do with missions. So I'm going to be reading today out of Matthew 28. It's a very familiar verse. We're just going to read the Great Commission. Most people's already heard it. So it says, verse 19, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Father, I thank you so much for this day. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Lord, I just uh, ask that you just be with me and Dustin both, Lord. I pray that we say exactly what you want us to say. I thank you for giving this church the opportunity to, to go on these mission trips. And God, I'm just so thankful that people are obedient to your will and support the missions. Lord, I just pray that you just be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, with missions, it's something that God's telling us to do. So why should we support missions? Why should we support missions? Because Jesus said so. It's not a choice. It's not something he's asking us to do. Jesus is telling us that, and we see that here in the Great Commission. Jesus is telling us to. Well, I was okay with supporting missions. I was okay with that because I agreed totally that we need to support missions. But remember, as that young Christian, I was very selfish and was only thinking about the need that we have right here in Kuhlman. But that's a problem. Because if we see right here in Scripture, if we see again in, in Matthew verse 19, look, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. All nations. We can see in Mark sixteen fifteen, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. All nations. All the world. As I continued to study my Bible and as, as God continued to, to just show me things, I finally understood that we have a responsibility, and that responsibility is not only here, but we have a responsibility everywhere. So as God continued to show me, I, I was understanding that we had a responsibility, but I wasn't 100% sure really why. And the reason why is because mercy has been extended to us, and that mercy is required of us. You see, if you really think about it, each and every one of us has been touched by some sort of missions, right? Somebody told you the gospel. Because you received the gospel, you were able to have, you were able to have salvation. If you look in Romans 10, 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Someone had to tell you that. Someone had to show you that, that there was a Savior out there. So because of missions... We all receive that mercy of salvation. So then we have mercy that is required of us. So if you also look in Romans 10, 14, and 15, 
He says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? So we, we're told to, be, to go. We, we're told to be sent. If we don't go to these other places, if we don't go to these other, other countries, how are they going to hear the gospel? The same gospel that you heard and were able to receive salvation. So if we're not willing, if we don't go, how are they going to hear? That's our responsibility. Jesus is telling us that. So here's, here's the biggest thing about missions. So what is accomplished when we support missions? What is accomplished? Guys, we're bringing glory to God. When we're obedient and we do God's will, we're bringing Him glory. You can look in John 17, 4. This is Jesus, and He says, I have glorified Thee on earth. I have finished the work which Thou have gavest me to do. Jesus had a job. He had a responsibility here on earth. He'd done that job. He'd done the will of the Father, and that glorified God. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do. He's telling us to go to all nations and preach the gospel. He's telling us to go to, to everywhere, all over this world, and tell people about Jesus. That's our responsibility. And we're here to glorify God. That's exactly what we're here on this earth to do, and that's give God glory. So how do we give God glory? We do the will of the Father. We do His work. We do His work. So I want to tell you about the trip to Miramar. Like Dustin said, it was in December. It was a very last-minute trip for me. Very last-minute trip. Uh, By this time, obviously, I'm no longer having that selfishness of of going out of out of the country for missions. God showed me through the years and he's, he's guided me that that's what we need to do. So Dustin calls me up and he asked me to go to Miramar with him. It was more of a, an accountability slash uh, maybe scouting trip. And uh, I went and had about three days to prepare to go on this long 16-day day journey. And the whole plane ride there, we'd, we'd done nothing but study. That's all we'd done is study. So we went with uh, Brother Ben, FIP, the, the, the same guy, the director that's doing the North Vietnam. And I want to tell you, when we went over there to, to Miramar, we didn't take a pocketbook full of money. We didn't take bags of food. The only thing that we took was this right here. We took our Bibles. Brother Ben had asked us, as we go over there, he asked us if we would help preach and teach while we were over there. And obviously, we weren't going to turn that down. So as soon as we got there, I mean, immediately when we got off the plane, a car was waiting on us, and we went straight to to work. I mean, instantly that day. We went to where Brother Ben was having a seminar. And and, uh, listen, I don't know if anybody's ever met Brother Ben, but that guy, he may be old, but he's a worker. He put us to work immediately. So while we were there, there there was a group, the Riverside Slum people. We've shown you some pictures before. Brother Ben had led this young lady, Tut-Tut, to, to Christ about two years prior, and he had been working through Tut-Tut to try to reach the people at the Riverside Slum. And he had it set up before we got there that we were going to go to, to a, a building that he had rented and be able to preach the gospel. You see, they were afraid for us to come and preach the gospel there on the Riverside. They were afraid of what people would say, what people would do. Uh, over in Myanmar, they're, they're, it's, a real, it's a Buddhist country, and there are idols everywhere. So they were scared of what people would, would see them doing. So we bust them in. 
and we, we, um, we, we preach to them for three days solid, about eight hours a day. I mean, and we just gave them the gospel. We gave them the truth for three days. Guys, can, y'all got my first picture? No, that's not my first one. It's not my first one. You're going backwards. That's my first picture right there. So this, this is after the, the three days. Several people from this Riverside slum, and this is just only a, a handful of people. This is a huge, huge place. And at the Riverside slum, these, these uh, individuals that showed up, after the three days of preaching, we asked them if they wanted to accept Christ in their life. And that's the picture that, that was up there. Is, is Dustin is about to lead them to Christ. So we had several people that, that uh, were led to Christ that day. If y'all could send, go to the next picture. It's going to be... That's not it, guys. This one right here. So because we, we, we were able to lead those, those people to Christ, and listen, we didn't give them anything. We gave them truth. God's the one that gave them something. That's all we did was gave them truth. The fear of what people would say or what people would see was gone from these, from these individuals. It was gone. We were able to start a church right here. This is their, their uh, I, don't, I guess you would call it a village, right on the Riverside Slum. We were able to start a church there. This is in between two, two shanties. And we just done church right there on the ground. And you can see how happy and excited these people are. And, and Brother Ben had already had a pastor that was in the area that was going to be will, willing and able to start this church and to lead these, these, uh, these people. And what they did is we, we preached a message about baptism. And I didn't put the picture in there, but at the end of the service, they all were baptized in front of everybody there. So that was a, a big fear that they had, and it was lifted off of them. Go to the next picture, guys. This is what they live in. This is, I would call this the Cadillac model of what they live in. That's not much of anything. But if you go back to that other picture, it's hard to see, but they're smiling. They're happy. You saw what they live in, but you see how happy they are. Why are they happy? We didn't carry money. We didn't carry food. Guys, all we did was we carried our Bible and we spoke truth to them. That was God. They received, they received Christ. And the, you see how happy they were. Now go to the next picture. You see how happy they are, smiling. Go to, go to the next one, guys. Should be another house. That's reality, what they're living in. That's re- that, that, I told you, that other one was the Cadillac model. That's reality. But you saw how happy they were. We didn't give them anything. God gave it to them. So not only did we go there and we just, we just told them truth, we told them about Jesus, but I want to tell you what else happened there. While we, while we were uh, with Brother Ben, he was also teaching some, uh, he calls them Milk of the Word Conferences. So we, every year we ask you to donate some money and, and give to our missions program, but I want you to understand one thing. That money is not sent there and then forgotten about. If you'll go to the picture with all the people standing up, these are all pastors that Brother Ben's been working with. And this is just one small area. He's, he's got three different spots inside this uh, country where he's got pastors there. So with these pastors, this is money, this is what, who we support. We support Brother Ben, and he shares this money with these guys. 
So I want you to understand something. When you're supporting missions, this is not something that we don't check up on. This is not something that is forgotten about. Not only is this money going over there, but we're making sure that it's used for the right reason, and it's to spread the gospel. Amen? All right, so kind of to piggyback off of what he's talking about, I want to share a little bit about uh, what this trip meant to me. Um, Those that don't know me, maybe you do know me, that I'm kind of a black and white, follow the rules, you know, everything's got to be in order and um, and stuff like that. So when I went on this trip, it was kind of my second mission trip, but it was a lot different than the first, and it really changed my heart uh, to see uh, what God is doing in other countries and what he's accomplishing over there with with nothing really with people just going out and sharing their faith just going out there and and just being a christian in front of people um so i'm going to talk about point three in your outline if you go to your outline it's going to be where we do missions so he talked about how what we can do would we support it he talked about what is accomplished when we do missions but where do we actually do missions where does missions take place where does mission work take place um, it's kind of a recap of what you've probably heard the last three weeks, uh, but I'm going to read one verse. It's Acts 1.8, so if you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts 1.8, you may be familiar with this verse. It's, I think we've talked about it 150 times in the last three weeks. But basically it says, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. All right? So there's really a key part of this I want to talk about first. It says... Uh, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Who's ye in this? Us, right? That's we. That's us, right? So it's talking about us. We shall be, all right? It didn't say if you wanted to be or if you thought about it. It says ye shall be, all right? So there's a command there that we should be going out and sharing our faith. We should be witnessing to those around us. We should be witnessing to those in the community. We should be witnessing to those nationally and, and globally, all right? Um, so it's so important because... Jesus has given us the job to go out and share, right? He's given us the responsibility to go out there and be the witnesses, to be the ones that tell people, hey, there is a better way. There is hope. There is peace. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, all right? So it's very, very important that we do missions because he commanded us to do it. And then he told us where to do it, right? So he told us to do it, he shall, and then he says where to do it at, right? So he says, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth, right? So I want to take this backwards. So let's talk from a big picture standpoint, all right? So first, it's, the last part of the verse says the uttermost part of the earth, right? So where would that be? That would be overseas. That would be global missions, all right? So the next point is global missions. We do missions globally, right? We don't just do it here at home. We don't just do it nationally. We do it globally. Um, these people went globally to a trip to, me, uh, to the Philippines. We went to one in Myanmar. I've been to one in Nepal. We're doing things globally, all right? And there's two things you can do when we look globally. One thing we can do, we can all go Everybody, we could all go to a mission field. We could go on a mission trip. We could go across the sea. Uh, Joy talked about, you know, financially, she didn't think she could do it, but she could. You know, Nancy said, well, we, both our kids are going to be here without us, but we, she could go, all right? We can all go globally. We can all go on these mission trips to reach people in need. Because God may take you a thousand miles away to reach one person. That one person can change a whole community, a whole village, a whole country, just because you were willing to go and take that step to go out of your comfort zone out on faith, and help people in need in another country, all right? Um, so Isaiah 6, 8 says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me, all right? 
So we went. So we went on this trip. We talked about the Philippines trip. Jason talked about the Myanmar trip. Um, I'm going to show a couple pictures. We're going to go through these really quick because we are short on time, and I don't want to get you guys out here late, right? No one wants to leave late, right? So the first picture, why don't you guys throw that up? So this is what we were talking about with Jason up there teaching. So we were able to teach these people from the river slum. They bust them in. Uh, For three days, we got to preach and teach and preach and teach. You think I'd get better at it by this time, right? So, um, But we got to do it a lot. Um, And so Jason got to share. I got to share. And they got saved. So go and go to the next picture. Um, This is the river slum area. You know, he talked about their homes. Some of them don't even have homes, right? This is where they live. This is their surroundings. You can see the trash and the debris and the... Uh, all kinds of stuff. These guys here don't even have a home, right? They're just out wandering around, whatever they can find, the scraps, uh, food, whatever they can get from somebody, uh, shelter where they can. Uh, It's a very poor, poor place. But guess what? We got to share the gospel with these people because we went down there to baptize them. Let's go to that baptism picture. Yeah, right there. So we got to baptize all these new believers that were saved through the conference that Jason mentioned. And a lot of these other kids came around and saw, and they're all now a part of that church because that church was planted after we left there in the river slums. Um, so it was amazing to get the baptized. Um, we were really scared for our health as that water was very, very um, risky, all right? Um, I need to get tetanus shot when I got back. But really, seriously, it was amazing. That's the first time I ever got to baptize anybody, and it was amazing just the feeling to see someone when they come out of the water just with the joy on their face, with just the thankfulness and the, the gratefulness that they're going to heaven now, that they've been saved, and it's just amazing to see. Um, go to the picture with, like, the guys that are all around in this huddle. Um, like Jason said, that church started right after we left. All right? So these are the guys. These are the guys that are going to be part of that church, uh, that plant. So three of the guys, three of the people that were saved while we were there were men. Um, so they got them together because they wanted them to be trained to start pastoring that church, to be the shepherd of that church. So we actually got to pray with them before we left. All right? So that church, we got to preach to them. They got saved. They got baptized. And then they got a pastor and now there's a church there. They're running about 60 people in that river slum each and every week when they meet, um, which is an amazing thing to see. Um, that's why we go globally. We go globally to see people change because these people are now going out to their rest of their village that's across this riverbank for miles, sharing what Jesus has done for them. In an area that is Buddhist, it is very uh, hard to, to, to do because you can be persecuted. They can't have their stuff stolen. They can't have their home tore down. Um, so they're doing this with that, knowing that fear that that could happen to them, that they're still there doing it, all right? So we can go. The second thing we can do globally is we can give. That's what we've been talking about this month. This our missions month is where we focus on our special project. Um, if you can't go, please give, because there are people that can go. There are people that are over there right now in these countries that if they had a little bit of extra support, they could do great and mighty things. That's why we talk about that in our North Vietnam project. For $300, you can plant a church and that church can reach that village, and that village can reach that community and that area. So we go from 10 people to being saved to 20 to 30 to 100 to 1,000. It's amazing what can happen from one single person, one single gift, one single church plant can make such a difference in these communities all over the world, okay? So we do missions. Firstly, we do it. Where do we do missions at? Globally. Globally. All right. That's what some of you. How about where we do it at? All right, we're okay. So we can go, we can give. Secondly, we do missions natural, nationally and regionally, all right? So we do it here at home, right? So it says in all Judea and in Samaria. So that's regional and that's nationally, okay? So it's kind of the same thing. Guess what? We can go nationally and regionally, right? We have trips. We went to Panama City. You could go much, much closer to home and do the same thing we're doing overseas, seeing people get saved, seeing people's life changed, getting people the help and the hope that they need. All right, we can go 
We have Unsheltered International in our church, Travis Sharp. This, yesterday he was in New Orleans doing a, a trip, a resource clinic to help those in need in New Orleans, sharing the gospel, sharing the faith of Jesus to these people that have nothing, all right? They need hope. They need peace, all right? Um, you know, when we go on vacation, this is something that really convicted me. Like I said, I learned a lot in this trip, and I've been learning and growing. Um, you know, how often that when we're on vacation do we think about, you know, praying for our waiter or our server? How often do we ask them, do you go to church anywhere? I don't know we're out of, out of, the, out of the, our area, but those people need Jesus just as much as people here in Coleman or those in, in Myanmar. So something I encourage you to do. I've started doing this when I go to a restaurant, no matter where I'm at. I ask my server, hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? You'd be amazed at what you hear. You'd be amazed at what people will tell you because people are all carrying burdens. They're all carrying things they need help with. And then you, know, you can always ask them, do you need to go to church? You know, but more importantly than that, do you know Jesus is your Savior? You know, people are responsive to this. You know, we got the opinion, and I don't know if it's what it's from, that people are going to be mean and hateful and, 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 and be mad at us when we go and witness to them, but they're not. I have yet to have anybody get mad at me for asking them to pray for them. I have yet to have anybody get mad at me asking them, did you go to church? Are you saved? They just don't, all right? So we can do that nationally, all right, and regionally. We can go, and again, we can give. You know, the other important thing is there's missions going on all over our country. We have several missionaries that are in the prisons each and every week across the southeast preaching the gospel to those in need. We have Travis that's working with uh, Unsheltered. You know, they're out and about each and every, I think once a quarter, they go out and do a resource clinic to people in our country that are in need. So we can give to that. And we also have, you know, I don't know if some of you probably remember this from last year. We work a lot with Timothy Initiative, TTI, with David Nelms. They're actually doing something that's very similar to what we're doing in foreign countries here in America. It's called microchurches. You've heard a little bit about it. But they're planting churches just like they are in other countries and communities all over the Northeast, out in Colorado, in Wisconsin. It's doing the same thing that we're doing in Nepal and in Myanmar and in India and all these other countries, and people are getting saved by the droves. There's a church that Pastor and I went and visited um, in New Jersey uh, back in May. Uh, They've been doing this for four years, and they've seen over 600 people saved, and there's over 600 people each week meeting in coffee shops and other places all over the place, not in a church building, but they're meeting because these people would never come to church, but they're getting saved. They're getting baptized. They're meeting. I have a picture of one of them. They're meeting in places like uh, barber shops. <clears throat> There's one. They're meeting in barber shops. They're getting people getting their hair cut, but they're over there worshiping. They're singing. They're having church in the barber shop. That's here in America. That's what we can be done here in America. It's working. People are getting saved. Like I said, there's over 600 people that are going to these microchurches each and every week in that, just that one little area because people are giving. People are giving their time, they're giving their talents, and they're going out and they're sharing their faith with others, all right? So we can give globally, we can give, we can go and we can give globally, we can go and we can give nationally and regionally, and most importantly, we can do missions locally, all right? Local missions. That's where we are each and every day, right? We're in Coleman, right? Is that where we are most of the time? Yeah? No? Well, I don't know where we are, right? We're ready to go home, right? All right. So we can give, we can, we can be where we are each and every day. We can make a difference by just simply sharing wherever we are. We can share our faith. We can share the good news of Jesus. We can share to our coworkers. We can share with the people that we encounter at Walmart, at the restaurant, wherever we may be, we can share. Uh, Matthew 10, 7 says, And as ye go, so as ye go means as we're going, as we're doing, as we're out and about, as ye go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So as we're out and about, as we're going, we got to be sharing. we got to be moving. we got to be going forward. we got to be sharing with these people because that's the biggest mission field we have is here. Because 
We can't all go to Myanmar. We can't all go to New Orleans. We all are here each and every day. We all go to work each and every day. We all go to school. We all go to the, to the gym. We all go to Walmart or the restaurants. We need to be sharing. We are all called to be missionaries. That verse said, what in the beginning? Ye shall be my witnesses in all these places, right? And one of those places is here in Coleman. Um, you know, again, my heart's really changed on this, and I'm kind of ashamed to admit it, um, but I've not always been the best at sharing here. I've not always been the best at sharing with my family. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to share with your family. It's hard to share with your coworkers. It's hard to share at a restaurant because people are busy, but we're commanded to do it. And what's cool about this in that verse, it says, you will get power, all right? You'll get power to do this. You'll get power from who? From God, right? I can't do it on my own. I can't share on my own because I'm actually a very, very, I don't know what you'd call it, shy person. Um, I just am. And talking to a stranger is, is, is hard. But with God's power, with his strength, we can do it. And not because, you know, it's for my glory or whatever. It's for his glory, for those people to be saved so they can glorify God, all right? It's not about, it's just all about letting him use us to reach those around us each and every day. Um, in the bottom of your notes, I put something that I found. It was really, really impactful to me. It says, a quote from Charles Spurgeon, it says, um, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter, all right? It was pretty, it was pretty uh, hard when I read that. I'm like, man, that's pretty tough, all right? And they call it an imposter. But it's truth, right? It's truth that he's told us to do it. He's given us the tools. He's given us the power. He's commanded us to go. We've got to go do it. We've got to be a missionary. We've got to be out there each and every day telling our friends, our family, our neighbors, our co-workers. All right, so the biggest question I'm going to ask you today is, how are you going to make a difference this week? Are you going to be a missionary or are you going to be an imposter? All right, we don't want to be an imposter. We want to be a missionary, all right? Let's go ahead and stand to our feet and let's pray as the musicians come. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, I thank